You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. This podcast was recorded live in Secaucus, New Jersey at Supply Site East. Hi, and welcome to a Supply Side East edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy, and I am sitting here in Secaucus, New Jersey, at our Supply Side East event with Ann Armbrecht, who is the director of the Sustainable Herbs Program. Hi, Ann. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Later today, Anne will be speaking on our presentation theater on the Sustainable Herbs Program, following medicinal plants from seed to shelf. Insider learned about this program through um, their partnership with the American Botanical Council. Anne is an anthropologist and writer. She is the author of the award-winning ethnographic memoir, Thin Places, A Pilgrimage Home. She co-produced the documentary Newman, The Nature of Plants. She's a visiting scholar in the Department of Anthropology at Dartmouth College. Her book, From Seed to Shelf, Following Herbs Through the Supply Chain, will be published in early 2020. So. And my first question is, what is the Sustainable Herbs Program, and how does it help botanical supplement brands improve their business? So the Sustainable Herbs Program is a partnership with the American Botanical Council, and it's to provide resources to educate and inspire consumers and companies to source and produce supplements in a sustainable way. And sustainable is obviously a really um, overused term, I like to think of it as there's a dictionary definition to nourish. Is, mm-hmm. It's one to sustain, and the second is to nourish. And so as a brand, one, you want to sustain your business, and so you want to ensure that you have a sustainable source of raw material. But also it means to nourish, and nourish means more than just extracting what you can to stay in business, but really how is the process of producing the supplements nourishing everyone along the supply chain? Right. So it's not sustainability to you. The definition is not necessarily about keeping things even. It's about improving as well as taking what you need to to help uh, your business thrive and to give the health benefits to consumers via these botanicals. Yeah. You know, you think that these products are to improve the wellness of the consumers. And so it seems there's a responsibility to ensure that you're improving the wellness all along the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Because we can't be well if the communities and environment where we live isn't well. And so how can the whole process really support the overall goal of wellness? And recently at Expo West, Phil Taylor, who's head of Mad Ag, he said, as a brand, your responsibility is that your sourcing is enriching the earth. Um, that there's this responsibility all the way through the supply chain to make the world a better place. Right. Um, so is there a business reason, I mean, to be cynical about it, to, to care about fostering sustainability? So you don't have to look very far in the news now to see that supply chains and farming is being disrupted by weather changing weather patterns, drought, rains. I mean, everybody I've talked to who sources and buys plants for their companies is facing shortages or things aren't coming in and the amount they expected at the right time. So in terms of having a plant to produce a product from, yeah, everybody needs to pay attention. Also, um, when we were at BioFoc and interviewed Tobias 
Bandel from Soil and More, who has talking about true cost accounting. And that is really, he said, it, so in the news it says we have 60 more years of topsoil. And so the price of food is only going to increase as we get closer to that 60 years. Right. And so he says, as a company, you either are going to pay that price down the road in terms of higher prices, or you pay that cost up front in terms of improving and enriching the soil that is growing the plants that you're using, making sure that the water supplies are going to be there to irrigate and that sort of thing. So yes, it completely makes business sense. Right. Um, and if you go by the adage of, you know, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, I would imagine that paying more upfront is going to be less expensive in, in many terms, financially included, um, than, than waiting and trying to play catch up when, uh, when things are, are really bad. Yeah. So what are the first steps? I mean, if a brand's just starting to, to look at its sustainability program, what are the first steps that it, it takes to, to help guide them on this path? So Joseph Brinkman, who works at Traditional Medicinals and has done more probably to raise awareness and build transparent, sustainable supply chains than anyone I know, tells people when they ask him, what can I do? He says, pick one plant. So companies will come and ask him, what can I do to change things? He says, pick one plant and go to the source. Um, so th this is most likely speaking to companies who aren't going to the source already, right. um, who are buying through a trader or a broker. Go to that community, see how it's grown, dig in, he says, and you'll find things that need your attention, um, and then take it from there. Mm -hmm. But he says, just start with one plant. Or other people just say, pick one thing and start. Mm -hmm. um, one aspect of your company. If it is sourcing, find out, okay, how much are these plants wild harvested? Where is it wild harvested? Find out that information. Or address something else, like waste in your manufacturing. And Ayurvedic doctor I spoke with in India said that 60 to 70% of the biomass is wasted in the manufacturing in Ayurvedic industries. Oh my gosh. So that's a tremendous amount of waste. Right. Um, Tobias Bandel, when I asked what consumers could do to make a difference, he said, don't buy anything because there's so much waste. And so as a company, you could address waste mm -hmm. because that will reduce the need to, con to buy as many plants also. Right. And then there's, there is this whole trend of like upcycled ingredients, which is taking that, that waste and producing, you know, finding the, the, the intrinsic value in that and using that to, to create a, a product that's healthy and, and good uh, to reduce the waste. But of course, if you do that, then you need to ensure that every process, um, you know, that, the, that the, the waste isn't mistreated, that the waste is used in a way that it can still be um, healthy and, and efficacious at the, at the end. Um. We visited Indina in Italy, and they had, it was fascinating to see what they're doing with solvents. Mm -hmm. um, they, in their R&D, they do a lot to make sure that they're using the least, the most environmentally sound solvent, so the, the least strong, mm -hmm. um, to extract. And then they reuse that, and they go have a whole process of purification, mm -hmm. that was responding to your point, purifying the solvent so that they can reuse it again to, to just get as much as possible from that solvent. Oh, and it lowers their costs, and it has lower impact on the environment. That's great. Yeah. Well, Indina is such a great company. Overall, for companies wanting to address issues around sustainability in their 
the whole seed to finished product. Climate Collaborative has a lot of resources on their website mm -hmm. that address like waste and water and agriculture and things like regenerative agriculture. And there's tons of resources on there for companies wanting to begin. They offer webinars and things like that. And the, there's a lot more food companies that mm -hmm. are involved with Climate Collaborative and it would be great to see more dietary supplements really taking a stand on certain issues. They ask you to make a commitment around like addressing regenerative agriculture or mm -hmm. some some aspect climate, you know, energy use in your business. Excellent. But it's a great place to start. In your presentation, you're going to talk about the relationships that they have with their suppliers. Like you, you mentioned, going go back to the source. So how important is that relationship and, and why should brands work to foster that? So the, the companies I visited have all have a strong commitment to being having a relationship with their often producer groups who are then in turn walk, working with farmers or wild collectors. And for them, they couldn't think of doing it any other way because that is the only way to ensure an ongoing, steady, consistent supply of raw material. Mm -hmm. um, and again, Joseph Brinkman talks about this um, the most clearly, but just he said he learned early on he couldn't get a consistent, reliable supply of the botanicals that they needed if he was just buying on the open market. And so he went to the source directly and formed relationships. And so, one, that ensures a steady, reliable supply. Two, you can troubleshoot when there are problems. Um, you can address those problems as they come up. If there are problems in the end, like something comes in that doesn't pass tests, you know where it's come from, and you can go back and work and identify what the problem was to hopefully solve that mm -hmm. issue so you, things pass the tests the next time around. Yeah, that makes, um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, just if you're working through a distributor, they might not, you might not get that information until it's too late or not at all, and then you just don't have the, the ingredient available. And from the farmer's point of view, also it is, um, you know, back to the point about wellness. If they're selling on the open market, they, you know, they don't have that reliant, reliable market for their produce. Whereas if they can have a contract and a price that's negotiated in advance, it just makes it that more likely to pay attention to producing a higher quality. Right, right. And if they're if they're less stressed about how if they're gonna if their crops are gonna sell, then they, they can more they can spend more time focusing on other things like like quality, like you mentioned. Um, so during your presentation, you're gonna mention several certifications like Fair Wild, Standard, Organic, Regenerative Agriculture, B Corp. What are the benefits of of seeking these certifications? The benefit of certifications is they ensure a traceable transparent source and mm -hmm. supply chain so that you know that people are checking all the way down the supply chain and paying attention to proper handling, how they're grown, proper drying, that the sacks aren't reused cement sacks, that, that that's all required to be traced in those third-party certifications. Mm -hmm. And those are audited. So it's not just a claim that you're sustainably sourcing. You know, this is a sustainably wild-crafted plant. There's no verification that that's true unless it goes through something like Fair Wild. Mm -hmm. And so it gives a consumer the assurance and it gives you as a brand the assurance that what you are selling is really what you are claiming to be selling. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for joining me on this podcast and for speaking at our presentation theater here at Supply Site East. We really appreciate it. 
Great. Thank you so much. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.